You're listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville and Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. Today I want to talk to you about faithful, generous, sacrificial giving. Look at that and see, is that me? Is that what God would call me? Is that who I am? Over these next few weeks, we're going to talk about this. John 3, 16, this is a season of giving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The kingdom of God is giving. God gave his son. I have a son that just turned 21 yesterday. We have a son, by the way. He's your son as well. Um, <laughs> birth that you did. You did a lot more work than I did. That's for sure. Although I'm funding him. Anyway, the point of it all is, the point of it all is, is I love my son. I love him. And it would take a lot, if not nearly impossible, for me to give my son his life over to people that despise him. That's what the kingdom of heaven is. God gave his son. And how much more so should we give? Last year, you guys gave $108,000 to 431 Ministries to start a brand new ministry. We're going to share next week an update on that. The, 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 the fleece was $36,000. The fund it was $50,000. You funded it for two years. As a staff, we, we said, how did, did we even know there was that much giving in this church? Where did this come from? But when we know the need and we see God behind it, we give extravagantly. So over these next few weeks, we're going to talk to you about giving. And Paul says this in the, he says this to the church of Philippi in Philippians 4. He says, not that I seek the gift, because I want you to know, we're not seek, we're not like, oh, we need your money, we need your money. Look, he says, I'm not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds in your account. As we give, there is a fruit that comes forth. And I want, as your pastors, we want you to receive all the blessings of the Lord by being givers. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your message. We thank you for the send. God, we thank you for what you're doing in Israel. We're declaring every hostage released and Lord, your glory revealed. Lord, I'm declaring right now the Gaza Strip will be a place of churches, of your glory, that there will be people that will come to know Jesus. They already are, but it will be known as a hot spot of revival. That what the enemy tried to destroy and desolate, Lord, you'll turn around for your glory. And we thank you for Papa Don, who at this point is in Israel right now, 93 years old, traversing the globe, sharing the gospel. What a man. What, a, what an opportunity to say yes to the kingdom of God. So today, not only are you meeting with us, but would you speak to us in Jesus' name? Amen. 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 So let's just go ahead and address the elephant in the room, our money, right? Especially when it comes to the church. And when the church starts to talk about money, we're starting to check out. But I want to challenge you in this moment to kind of lean in to what we're going to talk about. For some of you, you may don't even know what tithing is or offering or any of the sacrificial giving. Well, good news, we're going to explain today. And for those of you that know, let this be an encouragement to what God has called his people to do. You know, as I watch that amazing video, um, I love that it's it, it focuses on the point like maybe some of us are missing our purpose because we're not focused on others. 
right? That was the, the point. We're focused on self. It's the same thing with our giving. We're more focused on where our finances go for ourselves than focusing on how we can bless others. What would it look like if the church focused on other people? Might we find purpose and fulfillment that we're all so desperately looking for? So our number one point today is giving is ultimately a heart position. It's a position of the heart. When you boil it all down and you strip it all the way, God is saying, where is your heart in when you give? Not just finances, but anything. It's not about just the heart, but also about faith. There's a faith level that happens as we give, especially when we don't have it. <laughs> There's an ultimate faith level there. Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I don't know why it's linked this way, but there is a link between our finances and our hearts. And you can try to separate them, but God says it right there. Where your treasure is, where your finances are, that is where your heart is. How many know when we love something, we're going to show it, we're going to buy it, we're going to do it. If you show me your, I said in the first service, your checkbook. Mark's like, nobody has checkbooks anymore. If you show me your bank Who has a checkbook here? Raise your hand. <laughs> there, oh, look at that. checkbookers. See? What is wrong with you guys? <laughs> just spend it. It'll, it'll come out in the wash. Oh, my god. I'm just kidding. John DeMonica's like, uh-uh. Dave Ramsey, he's giving me the finger right now. The good finger, not the... Okay, let's keep going. I'm sorry. Oh, boy. No, I think it's funny. Do you remember like checkbooks? Some of you know because you do them, but still. But like we used to budget all that and you would have a running tally of the things that you felt were a priority in your life. Yes. Now you can go on regions.com. You can see I spend a lot of time at this place. Yep. I spend a lot of money at this restaurant. Yep. And that's where your heart is. That's so true. So... Thank you, all your checkbook people, to confirm me <laughs> what I was saying, because <laughs> I like my paper. Anyway, so Jesus not only came to give, but he came to serve. Scripture says he didn't come to be served, but yeah. to serve. Um, we find it in the church that it's almost the exception to find servants in the house that aren't actually tithers. Right. That's the exception. Usually if you're a servant of the house, you are tithing to the house of God. Why? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. How many of you are huge sports fans? It's football season. I'm sure you guys, yeah, Chiefs. Go Eagles, Super Bowl. I'm gonna just join them. Don't, don't hate the messenger. Um, but if you love sports, you guys are going out and you're buying all the paraphernalia. You're gonna have the shirts, you're gonna go to the games, you're gonna remortgage your houses to go to the Super Bowl, the crazy Eagle fans. I, I didn't do that. You're pointing know, at me, both services. I didn't it, do that. People in Philly did it. the Eagle fans. I would have done it, but I, no, I'm kidding. I would have done it. It's on the table, I would have, no. But why? Because where your treasure is, yeah, there your heart will true. be also. Parents, I don't wanna leave you guys out because how many know we love our little Debbie and Sue so much that if they want to go to this college or if they want the latest Christmas gift, we're going to go and we're going to get another job. We're going to go clean something. We're going to do sell something. Why? Because where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. So there's a link between our heart and our money. Yeah. Serving and giving is a heart position and it's also an act of worship. Yeah. 
When we worship God, we bring things to him. So not only our finances, but we bring him our praise. We bring him our worship. We bring him our time, our talents. When you walked in this room today, uh, we brought our praise to the Lord, or you should have, right? And how many know, that's why they say it's a sacrifice of praise, because sometimes we don't want to bring our praise, but God says, offer me up a sacrifice of praise. Why? Because he wants us to give of ourselves. It's funny because we don't complain about taxes nearly as much as we complain about tithing, right? It's like, you'll, you'll find people complain about their tithe, but let the government take whatever they want. Why? Because it's been instilled in us that that is a necessity, right? What was the old saying? Death and taxes, inevitable. We get, we're going to have to, we have to face them all. But what if you were taught as the body of Christ, that tithing is a necessity. We can't, just like our taxes, we can't afford not to tithe. We cannot afford not to give back to God. It would change our whole mentality and our whole perspective. And then it becomes a joy to give. It doesn't become a complaint. I don't complain about giving to the Lord. No, it's a joy and honor because when I give to him, he gives back to me above and beyond what I can think or ask. How many know that scripture? Above and beyond what we can think or ask. The key is, though, he gives you what you need not always necessarily what you want so he's looking for your heart because if your heart is linked with his what you want will be what he wants it's all linked together um tithing is this faithful starting point number two some of you heard the word tithe you grew up like me and you you were taught as a kid that this is what we do the tithe the word tithe is actually the tenth so it's 10th, it's, it's 10%. In, so I'll make it simple like this. If, if you made $100 and you were to tithe on $100, how much would you give? $10. Well, okay, that's good. That's good. Math people. Okay. If you had a million dollars, how much would you give? So it's all in perspective. We're tithing off of what we've made because the reality is, is God has given us the ability to make that wealth. In fact, Money is important to God because in, in, Bible, in the Bible, it says that there is 500 verses on prayer and faith, but 2,000 verses on money and possessions. Yeah. The discrepancy there is because God knows that this is a driving factor in our lives. I, I don't think we addressed this in the first service, but I love the point made, you might have made a couple weeks ago, that... Um, Obviously, we all make something different. So God's not asking us to give the same, but he's asking us to sacrifice the same, yeah. right? Because it's all different. It's not so. equal amount. It's right. equal sacrifice. When surveyed, 17% of Americans state that they regularly tithe, 17%. The average donation by adults who attend a U.S. Protestant church is about $17 a week. Just imagine... What you can fund with $17 could buy three coffees, two. If Christians followed the Old Testament standard of giving, if Christians followed the Old Testament standard of giving across the board, then $139 billion would be available every year for additional ministry work. How much was that? $139 billion that we would be able to send forth back into the mission field, that we'd be able to eradicate you know, foster care and, and adoption because every kid would be taken care of. Amazing. So 
the tithe, the 10%, it's already his. This, this is where we have to get into this because many times we feel like, well, I gotta, I'm gonna give God this money. No, no, no. If we look at it through the lens of the kingdom, we're giving back to him what is already his. And we are now the steward of the rest. Get to steward what God has given us. Now in the Old Testament, Leviticus 27:30, every tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It's holy to the Lord. It is his. So when I look at my finances, I don't like, well, God, I'm going to give you this. No, I'm giving it back to you because this is already yours. Now, a lot of people, because we have this debate in the church today, that there's some people that believe the tithe is obsolete. That's an old covenant thing. But the reality is, it's not an old law, old covenant, because it precedes the law by 500 years. If we go back to Genesis 14, the, 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 the priest, Melchizedek, he is, he, he's having an interaction with Abraham and Abraham gives him a tenth of everything. So there's something that God puts in the word that centers around the tithe. Now, you could say, well, that's not in the New Testament. I, I beg to differ. Second Corinthians 8, 5 says this, and this, not as we expected, Paul's writing to the church. He said, but they gave themselves first to the Lord. There was first a giving back to the Lord, and then the, by the will of God, they gave to us. Now, Matthew 23, Jesus talks about this. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. He says, you tithe, there's the word tithe, the tenth, you give the tenth of mint and dill and cumin, but you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These you have, ought to have done without neglecting the others. Jesus says, look, you're doing the tithe. That's right. In fact, it wasn't an issue back then. Every Jew would bring the tithe into the storehouse. It was a normal practice. But what Jesus was saying is, yes, that's good, but you can't neglect the other things like mercy and justice. And in Nehemiah 10, the, the book of Nehemiah, I love the book of Nehemiah because Nehemiah comes and he re rebuilds the wall in record time around Jerusalem. And it's interesting because we watch this thing happen where he comes against opposition. He rallies the people together. They build the wall and then they commit a covenant with God. And as they commit a covenant with God, there's a word repeated many times in Nehemiah 10. And it's this phrase, the first fruits, the first fruits. Now, I know that doesn't kind of hit us the same as it would back then because many of us aren't farmers. We don't have fruit. But back then, you would bring your first fruit. If you were a farmer, if you, were, if you dealt with cattle or, or flocks, you would bring the best, the first. And so all throughout Nehemiah 10 in verse 35, it says they brought the first fruits of the ground and fruit trees. It says in verse 36, they brought the first fruit of the cattle, the herds, the flock. In verse 37, it, they brought the first fruit of their dough, of their offering, the wine, the oil. And then in 38, it says they brought their tithes. And in 39, it says we won't neglect the house of God. They understood to give God the best. That's good. To give God the best. That's so he good. deserves the best. Right. And here's the deal. I get it. We've, we've, we've gone through so many financial struggles in our own life where you're tempted to go, okay, God, I could either give you my tithe or I can pay my light bill. And in the natural mind, it says, we got to pay the light bill. In the kingdom, as you give back to God, he supplies all your needs. Yes. And I want to just ask by a show of hands, how many people have seen that happen in their own life where you gave out of a need and God provided every need that you had? Look at that. 
Look at that. The rest of you, I can't wait till you have your hand yes, up because he's faithful. One in three American Christians say that it's impossible for them to get ahead in life because of debt that they've occurred. This is the beautiful thing. John DeMonica works for Ramsey. And, and this is the beautiful thing. His whole goal is that you would get out of debt so that you could give more than you ever could give before. What could you do in taking that money you put towards a credit card bill to now give it towards a kingdom thing? The enemy wants to tie up your finances. I'm telling you, this is a message for someone in this room. You've been tied up and God's trying to say, it's time to trust me with your finances because you're not doing a really good job with it. People who tithe regularly typically have less debt than in other demographics. Eight out of 10 have zero credit card debt. 28% of them are completely debt-free, including their home mortgage. This is a principle in God's word. And so we fight this thing. And I'm telling you, if you're fighting over the word tithe, I've had people tell me this, Pastor Mark, I just don't believe in the word tithe. I don't believe that that's still today. You're fighting over the minimum. Because people that really understand the goodness of God, the tithe is a starting point. It's a plumb line. It's the beginning. And as we do it, we give because we realize there's so many promises in God's word. Amen, amen. All right, well, we're going to read out of the book of Malachi. Why don't we stand while we read this? I want to comment as you're looking for Malachi 3, verse 6 through 12. This is actually the last book in the Old Testament. So this is the last word that God gives to his people. So I would think it's kind of important. And I believe whenever Jesus speaks, we should perk up and listen. So Malachi 3. Verse six, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Amen. From the days of your father, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that you may have food in my house. And therefore, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for Come you a on. blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in your field shall not fail, fail to bear fruit, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed for you will be in the land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Can we, can we just talk about this for a moment? It's because amazing. When I'm looking at this, it says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. And then there's a whole bunch of blessings that come back to us. Yep. It's, it's again, it's an unfair exchange. It's so true. And God is continually faithfully showing us that he'll go to bat for us as we just honor him in it's a, a principle. basic principle of it's giving. It's a principle. So let's break this down. Let's start off by saying the people of God didn't have any idea what they were doing, that they were doing anything wrong. But the Lord says to them, return to me. They realized that they were away from God. How are we away from you, God? They were like, return to me. When we're not, he, we actually cause a separation between us and the Lord. Our, their, them not tithing caused that separation between the people of God and the Lord. So he's saying, beckoning his people, return to me. And guess what? I will return to you, says the Lord. He also says, you're robbing me. 
they don't know they're robbing God. How many people, how many times has God said stuff to you like, I had no idea what was happening, but it's not our job. Our job is the response, right? Okay, God, now I know. Now how do I respond to this? Knowing is half the battle. <laughs> Whatever. I made you just quote G.I. Joe. Go ahead. Verse 10. Verse 10 says to bring the full tithe. I wonder why he said the full tithe. It leads me to believe that they were tithing, but they weren't bringing the right tithe, right? They were bringing something, but they weren't bringing what they were supposed to bring. Kind of like we hear people will say, well, I tithe, but I tithe to this, that, and the other thing. Well, I don't necessarily know if that's your full tithe that you're bringing to the house of God. You take that up with the Lord. But when I read this, it says, bring the full tithe to the house and let me do what I'm going to do with it. A lot of times, doubt, fear, ignorance, selfishness, it all leads us to holding back what's already rightfully his. It's his. And when we can get that, you talk, touched on that before, when we can get that in our head that it's already his, it's not actually ours, there's a release in it. And I will say, this is a forever thing with the Lord. Our, our financial things. You don't arrive to a point where you're like, this is easy. I'm just given. No, because there's always going to be something more that God yeah. wants to see where your heart is because where your treasure is, your yeah. heart is. When I, when I was a kid, my, my parents gave me a dollar for, as allowance. And so I would tithe on that. It was 10 cents. But how many know when you start making more money, it's, it's a little ouchier more when you go, oh, I got to write a check for this amount. And that's the thing about it is as you begin to learn this at a young age, thank you to my dad and my mom for teaching us. As you learn it as a young age, yeah. it becomes a practice. And you see the goodness of God. You almost say in your heart, I can't afford not to give back to exactly. the Lord. Exactly. Exactly. What holding back from the Lord produced was a curse on the people of God. In some form or fashion, I don't know what it looked like, but he says you are have a curse on you. And it wasn't that God was trying to curse his people. There's just principles of the word that bring blessings and curses. It's just how it is. There's a list of them in Deuteronomy. The Lord says, if my people will do this, I will do that. If my people don't do this, this is what will happen. It's not that he's trying to curse you. It's just that that's the repercussion of not being under the covering of the father. If you're not under, he protects us. So, but the good news is it, he reverses the curse. If you look in Malachi 3.10, it says, let me go back up here. It says, I will rebuke the devourer. I will bring blessing upon you. See, when we're in the house of God, he reverses the curses and then we get the blessing. It's also significant that God says to try to prove and to test me in this area. Try, prove, test. I seem to remember a part in the scriptures, and I'm sure there's more, but where uh, the enemy brings God, Jesus, to a mountain, and he tries to test him, and he says, get behind me. It says, do not test the Lord thy God. Right? He got a strong rebuke. But here it's saying, test me. You go ahead and test me. You go say, okay, Lord, I'm going to give this, and I want to see you provide for me. Well, And the reality is, is because this is the hardest part of our life. And I know there's people in this room right now, you're still looking at it and listening to this and going, there's no way that I'm going to give God my money. And, and, and you're not hurting us. I want you to understand, we don't 
come back from a Sunday morning and look down at everybody's giving and say, okay, let's see, Steve and Lori, okay. I don't know what anybody <laughs> gives in this place. Why? Because I don't want to be connected to what you give and my relationship with you. I want you to know that I don't care if you give or not. It's true. Because you're not going to stop the funding of the gospel. What I do care, and what we said earlier, is that I care about the fruit in your life. And as a good parent or pastor, it's our job to lead you down a road that's going to be beneficial for you. And if you can grab a hold of this, we can fund the kingdom through your diligence and faithfulness, and you'll reap the benefit. That's That's why what happened in Malachi, listen, this was the last word that God gave before he went radio silent. The next book is Matthew. And so for some reason, that message is still wrecking with us today. When we learn, we understand that there's so many good things that take place. The tithe may be of the Lord's, but in his goodness, he makes the blessing ours. So good. So when I give back to the tithe, when I give back to the Lord what he has given to me, he gives me the blessing. See, God is not up in heaven trying to smite you. He's not throwing curses on you, Pastor Raphael. I mean, he's cursing you. If you don't tithe, I'm going to send a curse. But what he does is he protects us from the curse. He provides shelter from the curse. And we see so many people in the world today, especially in the world living, and they're in debt, and they're in fear, and they're bankrupt, and they're broke, and they're living a life that they can't afford. And in the kingdom, it should be the opposite. When people come in here, they see generosity. I want this church to be known as a giving church for this community that if there's a need, we take care of it. That's good. Last year, we, we shared this, this story and this, these messages, and many people came awakened to the art of giving. And I want to share with you a testimony from our friend John, who shares his testimony on what happened to him last year when he gave. Hey, my name is John, and I'd like to share what God has done in my life. About a year ago, I was driving my car home on a Friday night, and my alternator belt broke like right around the corner from my apartment. So, you know, I pull in and my car starts to overheat, but I turn it off and everything and, you know, let it cool down and I check all the stuff and everything seems to check out. Next morning, I call a tow truck, I get it towed to a shop and I get them, I get them to fix it, you know, and it costs a little bit of money. At this point in my life, I couldn't really afford to just pay somebody to fix everything on my car, you know. So Sunday, uh, I came to church and the message was on the big give, you know, what we do here at Southview. And the message just really, you know, struck something in my heart. And I just kind of kept it with me throughout the service and on my way home. And on my way home, again, uh, a check engine light comes on, some other lights come on, all the lights that you don't want to see on your car. You know, after just having to pay to get it fixed for the alternator belt, you know, I'm, okay, now I gotta figure out what's wrong with it now. So I, I drive it up to AutoZone or something like that and I, I get them to check it out and, you know, they tell me, they give me a list of everything that's wrong and, you know, and at this point, like I said, I can't afford to just, you know, go on all and fix that stuff. So I, I go home and, you know, I'm praying about it and, you know, what was on my heart about the big give from the message earlier that morning, uh, I decided to go to uh, Southview's website and you know give what I made on my last paycheck. I've never given to a church before. I I didn't really know what it meant. I didn't really know how 
to necessarily go about it. And so I just, I, I just did it. You know, I didn't know why I was doing it. You know, I was, I just felt compelled to do it right then and there and see what God was gonna work in my life, you know, through that. So I gave, and the the next morning I had a doctor's appointment, and uh, the previous time I had had this appointment, uh, insurance did not cover it, and you know that stuff that stuff gets expensive too. So I really didn't know how I was going to be able to afford you know doctors and the car stuff and all that. So. I was really struggling and uh, went to the doctor's office and get, get everything done there and uh, go to check out and the lady says, I ask how much I have, uh, have to pay and she's like, oh, there is no charge. And I'm like, hold on. So I leave the doctor's office without paying a dime. I then go to get my car. Look, I told her, I, I was like, hey, don't, don't fix anything, you know. Run it by me before you just go, you know, adding things to a list that I gotta pay for. So I take it, take it to a car shop, and they come back, they're like, hey, all you gotta pay is this maintenance fee. We we fixed everything. Uh, you know, there was some electrical issues that wasn't too big of a deal. There was, you know, this, this, and that, and you know, they fixed everything free of charge, other than just a typical maintenance fee. They didn't charge me for any parts, any anything. I hope that encourages you guys to take the leap of faith to you know not just in your finances but you know, in your relationships and everything like that um, you know the same way I did I gave the last couple hundred bucks out of my bank account to you know just trust God and he he did provide even though I wasn't necessarily sure that he would he, he did and I just encourage everyone to take that leap of faith. You know, it's it's a hard thing to do, but it's it's definitely worth it. And you will you will see the way God moves through your life when you step out on faith and allow Him to work. I love that. So good. I love I love the vulnerability of John because that was his first step into giving. And he said, and you know what's so cool? Been there. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I didn't know if God was going to come through. So many, yeah, so many, so many times, like. We give because, I like what he said. He said, I felt compelled. It, it wasn't anything that we did. It was the Holy Spirit yeah. saying, yeah. test me in this. I was going to say, that's a perfect example of test me in this. John tested him in this. Like, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I'm still going to give. So Amen. That was Amen. awesome. So let's end with this last scripture. Next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about sacrificial giving. What, what happens when we go above and beyond what we could think or even feel like we can afford, and God does it. We have some amazing stories yeah. we'll share with them. We're going to share. We're going to get you guys. We're going to raise the faith level Come in this on. room. It's going to be exciting. Second Corinthians 9, 6 says, The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should give as he had decided in his heart. There's a heart thing again, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God, he loves. It says God loves a cheerful giver. Come on. He loves when we're excited. You ever been to, to those churches people? where they said, it's time for the offer? They're yeah. like, hallelujah! And you're like, wackos, these people are weird. They're all drinking the Kool-Aid. But the reality is, is, 
<laughs> the reality they're is excited. they're excited because they've seen God do good things exactly. through their giving. Listen, I want you to know, I'm going to reiterate this again. It's not about you giving to Southview. It's about you learning the principle of being a giver. Yep. Yes. Yep. Break that down. And the principle of sowing and reaping. You know, the scripture says the person it doesn't say the Christian, the most holy, the godly. It says the person, which means it could be anybody. Yeah. So when you're hating on Jen that's blessed out of her wazoo and Jen's living a crazy life, it's because it's a principle that what she sows, she shall reap. The good news is that applies to all of us. What we sow, we shall reap. So if you sow in the kingdom of God, you're yes. going to reap the kingdom of God. And he says it's going to be above and beyond. Amen. I want to get to the point where it says in Malachi, there's no more need. Send it back. We don't even want it. It's too much. How many want to be in that place? I have too much. Just take it all from me. And he, they also mention um, not to be reluctant or out of compulsion. And I, and, I, and I wonder why God put that little caveat in there. Well, reluctancy is kind of being unwilling. He wants you to be willing to give. He wants you to be willing to give something. And the out of the compulsion thing is he wants you to think about it. He wants you to pray about it. He just doesn't want you to, well, I'm going to give my whole mortgage payment. And God's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, that was for you to live in your house. I didn't ask you to give that. And then you're complaining to God, where do I live? No, he's saying, I want you to not to give out a compulsion, but think about what I want you to give. The tithe, like we said, is the Lord's, but everything you else you give, is you should pray about it and say, God, I want to willingly give to you what you have me give. And he will speak to you because then the byproduct of that is cheerfulness. It's a joy. You get me 10 people up here giving a testimony about how they give. I'll give you 10 people that are so happy about what they gave. It, they don't, they're not even the reciprocant of that. They are the giver, and they're just as happy as the person that they gave to because what it is, it's a principle. What you sow, you shall reap, and joy is in the ending. Yeah, yeah. Listen, there's so much debate over the tithe. The tithe is just the beginning. That's it. I know people that have gotten to a place where they're given 20, 30, 40, 50% of their income. There's never a need. You can't outgive God. Did you know that? Like, like people try, they can't. And here's the good news. When you give to the storehouse, the, the house that you're in, the home, the, 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 the church, the place that you worship in, as you give, they, they would take the finances, they would take the food, the grain, the sheep, the, the priest would take it and they'd bring it into the storehouse. And then if someone came and said, I have a need, I'm hungry, they took the food out of the storehouse and they would give it to someone else. It says in Acts 2 that in the beginning of the church, they would sell their homes and give all the money to the church and the church would destroy it, and there was no need. But now again, we, we, we look at the church like, oh, I don't know if I could trust. And here's the deal. If you can't trust, you're not fully committed. So we're not here to try to convince you that this is the right church for you. What we are saying is if God's placed you somewhere, plant your foot in there. Plant your root in there. Make sure that you are fully immersed in your time, your talent, and your treasure. And wait and see what God will do. Southview is, this is my statement, and we'll talk about this over the next few weeks. Southview is a faithful, generous, sacrificial, giving church. Amen. What you guys have done this year in missions, 
is unbelievable. Pastor Josh right now is in the Philippines visiting a ministry that we're looking to partner with. And he's able to be funded and go over there. And we've given him finances to bless people because of your giving. Over these next few weeks to a month, we're going to share about what your giving has done across the globe. Last year, we gave to 431 Ministries, and you helped start a brand new pilot, a brand new program for women. And this year, we're excited to partner with another ministry in our community that I hold in high regards. We've been partnered with this ministry for so many years through the Jetpack Ministry. In fact, a friend of mine, Pastor Andy Huddleston from Wellspring Church, years ago started this thing called The Well. And the well was a place, a food pantry, where we send people to in need. I feel like, why should we start a food pantry if there's already someone doing a better job at it right now? So we partner with them monthly. You partner with them monthly. In this past couple weeks, we sat down with some of their leaders. I'm going to invite, in just a few moments, Whitney to come up here. But we got to sat down, Pastor Josh and myself, and we asked them, look, what are you guys doing and how can we help? They shared about a brand new ministry that they're getting ready to start. And we got so excited. We said, that's what we're going to fund. So I'm going to invite Whitney to the stage here today from the well. If you put your hands together for her. And I want her to share about what they're getting ready to do and how you at Southview is going to play a major part in kicking this off. Thank you guys so much for having me this morning. And, and just to reiterate, your church, you guys as individuals, as families, have made a huge difference through the lives of people in this community because of your giving to the well. Um, thousands of students would go without food on the weekend, if not for churches and individuals just like you that come alongside us. Thank you for making a difference in that way. The well has seen a tremendous growth in need in our community over the last year. Double the amount of families coming every month this year than came last year. We're going to end this year in just a couple weeks having served over 12,000 families. Those are 12,000 families that came to our doors in need of food and searching for hope. If you have had a chance to come and visit the well, um, you know that Yes, we are a food ministry and we give away food, but really we're in the business of giving away hope. We interact with our guests in a way that is different and that is unique because we believe that you can have a full belly and an empty soul, and we don't want that. We, we know that families need to be nourished both spiritually and emotionally and physically. Um, so we're asking you to come alongside us as we have identified a growing need in another area of Middle Tennessee in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee. We are opening our second food pantry location. There, um, yes, yes, it's, this is our new building. And this is a really big task. We are stepping out in faith in response to the growing number of people we see. Our current location cannot have, we don't have the capacity to feed any more people. However, there are more people in need. There are more people showing up. We just did a mobile in Mount Pleasant yesterday. We served over 300 families in two hours, right? Um, we serve a third of their students every single week with Jetpacks. We know that this is a community, this is a center point for a rural community that is hurting and they're in need of food and they're in need of hope so with this new facility you can help us fund through our goal your goal here at Southview of hundred thousand dollars you're gonna help us build welcome rooms where families come in and they are nourished 
both spiritually, emotionally, and physically through the gift of food, a chapel room. We've never been able to have a chapel before, but through a response of our guests saying, the best part of coming here is the prayer that I receive. It's the community that I feel here. We're gonna have a chapel room and then we're gonna have shelves full of food, full of food for people in need. So I, yes, yes. As we're stepping out in faith and saying yes to feeding these families, I'm just asking humbly that your church comes alongside us and steps out in faith um, to fill our shelves full of food so that families in our communities know hope through the gift of food um, this Christmas season. One. Well, listen, stay up here for a moment. Last year, we shared our need was $36,000 and we said if we can get 50 we can fund it for a year you guys doubled that you know that so this year <laughs> our baseline is a hundred thousand dollars so i believe that the lord can do that and on december 17th we're going to take up an offering now you can see on the screen here there's a screen with a qr code you can start giving now last year one of our members, Paul, who works at GM plant, he said, hey, can I bring this, this give to, to the GM plant? We have some people that don't go to Southview that want to give. Absolutely. We have people giving in the community to this. This, you know, Just so you know, everything we receive for this will 100% go towards the well. And my hope and my desire, and I believe we're going to do it, is we're going to help fund $100,000 to see that thing built out the way that you're dreaming it. So let's pray right now. Can we do that? Lord, we thank you for Whitney. We thank you for the ministry of the well. We thank you for what they've done. Years of serving this community, not just with food, but with the gospel. And I'm just saying right now, Lord, every need that they have, may it be met according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And Lord, would you use Southview to partner the gospel together so that every wall, every electrical cord, Lord, every station, every coffee place, every part of this building, would be made exactly the way they've been dreaming. And I thank you, Lord, for what they're doing there today, that lives are not only being fed physically, but they're also being changed spiritually. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Well, as we land this today, I want you to know that we have so many stories. The other day, we had some time with our friends, Mia and Raphael, and we just started, I don't even know why, but all of a sudden we just started sharing about all the things that God had blessed us with on our journey here in ministry. And after you guys left, we sat there and we said, we're encouraged. We got encouraged. I was like, wow, why would he do it? And it reminds me, like some of you need to go back and think about what God did for you years ago, maybe yesterday or the week after, and say, get excited again. Because if he did it, then he'll do it again. And, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I know he's going to, we're going to get the 100,000. I, I have faith to believe that's going to get covered. Come on. In a time of the year where people need to save money for gifts, what better gift would it be than to further the kingdom in Mount Pleasant? Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multi-generational, multicultural community of believers passionately pursuing Jesus, family, freedom, and unity in the body of Christ. If you would like to connect with us, visit us at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.